Hey podcast, today I'm talking to Dan Hallider. Now Dan is the Vice President and Marketing Guy for Cushco. So to start with Dan, I thought it'd be really nice for you to just tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, how you got involved with Cushco, and then we'll go from there. We'll have a real good conversation about Cushco. That sounds good. Yeah, so um, my background, um, I worked for nearly 20 years for Honda R&D in uh, product development um, in the motorcycle division. And um, that that position was based in Los Angeles, California. And at one point, uh, we basically decided to move out of the city, my wife and I. And we always loved Bend, Oregon. And so we chose that as a destination. And by by chance, um, Adam Crefting had a has a, um, a motorcycle suspension engineering company called Kreft Moto, okay. and he was m- moving that business to Bend, Oregon at the same time. We were lucky enough to um, uh, meet up, and when I met with Adam, he described that he needed help with Kreft Moto. Um, and then also he had a mountain bike product uh, that he ne- needed help launching. And so that was definitely enough for me to uh, to jump on board with Adam. And um, so that was the summer of 2016. Um, at the time, there there was three of us between the two companies. Um, and really, Cushcore didn't even exist yet. And uh, so... Summer 16, there was three of us in the company, and then by uh, February 2017, we actually officially launched Cushcore, wow. and um, it was off and running. So now, you know, f- you know, flash forward, now we have like 15 employees between the two companies. They're they're still run um, out of the same facility. Um, some some people, such as myself and Adam. Um, do double duty between the two companies, um, and then other staff is dedicated to the one or the other. Right. Okay. Got you. So, what does the other business kind of cover then? Did you say that was motorcycle? Uh, yeah. So components? it's a yeah. So it's a um, it's a sus- suspension engineering and tuning company. So oh, okay, fo- focused on WP suspension, which comes on KTM and Husqvarna dirt bikes. Um, so that's kind of our our niche there, but um. You know, basically to roughly say, uh, customer, we, we custom tune the suspension to each customer's needs and skill level, et cetera. But also that company, um, you know, I mean, that's Adam's background is he's a suspension engineer and, um, we really don't just tune the suspension. We the, actually, there's re-engineered solutions, um, one of the, one of the really unique um, products we have is a, a product we call Revalve Control. Um, without getting into it too much, it's the industry's only externally adjustable mid valve that basically allows you to revalve your fork um, by just turning a dial. It, it's much different than the typical clicker. You're actually changing the valving instead of just a, a bleed and a uh, hole. Anyway, that's, <laughs> I won't go into that too much, but the, the, the main thing related to Cushcore is that, you know, um, Adam, who's the inventor of Cushcore, uh, started down the path of inventing Cushcore as a suspension component. And from the perspective of a, a suspension engineer. Um, so. so did he did he sort of start the idea of Cushcore thinking, right, 
I'm going to create some kind of way to improve suspension or was it specifically I had the idea of kind of something to go in the rim like was the idea I suppose what I'm asking is was the was Kushko the idea first or was it a problem that you wanted to solve and then Kushko came the solution does that make sense yeah so um it, it, it the problem came first so you know from his perspective the uh, or an engineer's perspective, you know, the tire is the first um, form of suspension, right? The, the tire yeah. deform, deforms when you hit an obstacle way before the suspension has a chance to move, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then there's, you know, there's multiple between, you know, motorcycle and, and uh, mountain bikes, there, there's multiple um, inflation systems, but they all have, a certain drawback, right? So, you know, tubeless, for example, in, in the mountain bike world, it's, it, it's great because, um, you, you eliminate the problems of the tube. It's less likely to pinch flat compared to a tube. Um, and you can run little lower pressures, etc. but it's still, you can still pinch flat. It's easy to, um, ding your rim. And then if you run lower pressures, you get this squirmy tire, right? Yeah. Which is the worst feeling. Yes. So, um, and then on, you know, if you have like a a full mousse or a full foam insert that, that takes up the entire cavity of, of the tire, um, the drawbacks there is you get this kind of dead feel. It, it, um, you, you lose the, the, um, you know, the spring action of the tire with air, right? The air acts as a spring. So you don't, you lose that kind of suspension element. And so, that that's where he he sort of started down the path is like how can how can I create a a, a system that that gives you the benefits of of both worlds and um, none of the drawbacks. So we often you know describe it as Kushkor solves the tire pressure dilemma, right? So low tire pressure is great for traction and compliance and a comfortable ride, but it's easy to pinch flat, it's easy to ding your rim, and then. For me, like the worst part is that squirmy handling yeah. characteristic. High tire pressure is great for protecting your rim and a stable sidewall, et cetera, but it's terrible traction and it's a bouncy ride. So with, yeah. with, with Kushcore in there, it, um, it's specifically designed like with this wedge shape so that it pushes pressure against the tire sidewall close to the rim. So you get the stiff sidewall next to the rim, but you still have a compliant tread patch, and you still have air to act as a spring. So the cush core acts as a foam damper, and the air acts as spring. Spring and damper is a suspension system, right? So that's yeah. kind of the, the, quick, the quick explanation. No, that's great. That's brilliant. I suppose for those listening, I, I, I installed Kushcore on my bike about six weeks ago. So I've got um, carbon rims and about seven months in, six months in, I hit a rock on the rear tire. I just forgot normally I'm really precise with setting my tire pressure before I go out for a ride. And that day, for whatever reason, I was like, oh, it'd be fine. Suck it. I've not pumped it up in a few days. I'm sure it'd be okay. Headed out, hit into a rock garden, the back wheel dinged, and you just get the worst, like, cracking noise. I knew straight away what I'd done. Uh, you know, pulled it, obviously it started hissing, the 
tire went down pulled out to the side and i put a crack in the side of it so that's why i ended up getting cushco purely for well to start off with i just started looking for kind of something that was rim protection for that back wheel and then the reason i chose yours was because of that it's not just for the rim protection it's for the inner tire suspension and you can definitely tell like when when i do run lower tire pressures in the corners specifically like you say you can be running a low tire pressure where it'd normally squirm around and the back end just feels awful you don't get that like he feels much more solid and so yeah for those who don't know about Kushko if you're kind of picturing this it feels kind of would you say about a third maybe half of the tire something like that so the top half is still air so you can still tune kind of the PSI that you want it's only if you go deeply into it that you actually hit the Kushko would would you agree correct correct and and uh but it also like even even impacts that um you know the tire's not completely grounding out to the to the cush core um it still dampens vibration right so yes you know um and and you know what you described is a is a really typical scenario where where sort of uh, a lot of customers their their point of entry to cush core or their like pain point of riding is like you know they they've damaged wheels and and um or they're getting lots of flats, but mm-hmm. you know, then once they try it and realize the other benefits, they realize what, what it's designed to do. Um, of course it protects your rims and, and helps prevent flats. But, you know, like I said, it has this handling improvement that, um, you know, some customers don't realize right away until after trying it. And, you know, that's, that's been part of our, our marketing challenge is it's, is to explain that and, um, and you know, uh, highlight the performance benefits beyond mm. just rim protection. And you know, again, like uh, <laughs> it comes up a lot is like, oh, I just want to run it in the rear. And and you know, we always explain that it it was designed as a system, and um, you know, to be run in the front and rear wheel. And that sidewall support on the front wheel it just really improves cornering, and and you're missing half the benefit. And you know, honestly, to me, like. That's the biggest – when I tried it for the first time, that's that's what I noticed immediately. It's just I always ran too high tire pressure because I hated that squirmy feeling. And yeah. uh, and with Cushcore, you, you can run, you know, optimal tire pressure, get good traction and good feel, but also still have that really stable cornering. Um, yeah. So what would you class as um, too high? I was going to ask you this later on, but mm. since it's coming up now, it works perfect. So what I'm sure lots of I get asked very often, like, what's the right PSI to run? So for an yeah, expert like yeah. yourself, what would you say is too high PSI? And I understand it will be a range and be based on many factors. And what would you class as optimal uh, PSI for people to run? Yeah, I mean, we get that question, That's such all, a big question. <laughs> all the time. So, but I mean, it, it's tough because tire pressure mm-hmm. depends on the rider's weight, yeah. their riding style, the terrain, their, um, their tires, the, the, the bike itself, you know, if it's a short yeah. travel bike launcher. However, I mean, what I was, I guess what I was talking about is, you know, like pre Cush core, I'd run like 30 PSI. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so you're and then off everything. Yeah, and then with Cushcore, I'm you know I weigh over 200 pounds, so I'm fairly big. Um, mm-hmm. And with Cushcore, I run like 24 front and 25 rear. So, okay. um, you know, but you know, a lot of guys will run way lower than that, of course. And that it also, you know, that's the other thing with tire pressure it depends on your starting point, right? Like if you're if you're a guy like me, where you're starting at 
you know, 30 PSI without Kushcore, you can probably drop, you know, five, six PSI. But if you're already running like 20, well, maybe you only drop to 18 or et cetera, you know? So yes. just kind of, it, it depends. And, and, um, there's also a personal preference thing there, right? But, yeah, um, exactly. And I think kind of the biggest thing with tire pressure as well is to get a rough point like there, like say 25 to start out and then just go ride and try it. And you can, you can just tweak it, can't you? Cause you do really notice the difference. If you drop a couple of PSI each time, it's definitely yeah. noticeable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that's, that's kind of what we tell people is like, you know, depending on their starting point, maybe you start where, where you were and then just as you ride, keep dropping pressure until, you know, you find that sweet spot. Yes. Yeah, I think for me with the Kushcore, kind of that sweet spot becomes, you can obviously drop it really low and it feels amazing on the descent. But I did find when I dropped too low, I think for me, I got down to about 18 PSI, something like that on the rear. And for that, yeah. it was really noticeable that it was kind of dragging on the climbs for me just because I was sitting down too low. I think I'd run anywhere from like 22 upwards on my rear feels fine. I tend to run it quite high, but um, sort of 22 upwards for me feels feels fine on that rear. Uh, but again, it's just about trying it. Um, yeah. So you mentioned there that sort of like piqued my interest. So like I say, I only run it before I got Kushkor. I've never tried and I hadn't run any other um, rim sort of, uh, what you call them, rim protection. Inserts. Uh, rim inserts, yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, so I only run it on my rear at the moment and you think that maybe I should try it on the front. So just for, for reference, most of my riding is trail slash enduro type i suppose you could say typical mountain biking i've got a big travel uh yeti sb 150 so it's kind of a big yeah, travel mountain yeah. bike so do you think that i should try it on the front as well as the rear and yeah absolutely why? and and here here's the, the two reasons one is like like i described for that that cornering so that you can you know have that stable sidewall you'll you'll notice that that improvement right away but then also once you have a cush core in the front wheel you'll realize that you know, stuff that lines that you would typically avoid, you can just kind of roll over them, right? Like, okay. so, cause it really damps those impacts and you're, you're damping those impacts at the tire. Um, in fact, we had a, a company, um, called Motion Instruments. Um, they, they, um, they market and sell, um, some data acquisition equipment and they did a test with and without Cushcore and they found that the the g forces felt by the rider so like they had a accelerometer on the on the um steering stem wow it, with Kushcore, it it reduced the g forces by uh, uh 12% which, wow. which is which is huge right and that's yeah. you know so if if you don't have it in the front you're you're kind of missing some of that benefit um oh. and, and and so i mean you can literally feel it and Especially, I feel like on, um, you know, chattery terrain, like high frequency, low amplitude impacts, right? Yes. Uh, mountain, mountain bike suspension has a really difficult time reacting to that. And with, right. with cush, cush core, you absorb those vibrations right at the tire. So, uh, in the front, it, it's a noticeable difference. You'll feel it in your wrists and your hands. Um, yeah. So those, those ah, are. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's great, it. and that's something. Um, do I suppose the one sort of drawback that that I was thinking of the reason that I won't. So I've really liked going to carbon reels because I really like the front end feeling light. Like you can really notice how nippy it is, and just it being sure. so light. So what would your that would be my drawback or my uh, 
hesitant, if you like, I think from yeah. talking to you now, I'm definitely going to try it. What would your response be to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally understand that. And, and because of that, um, you know, we have created what we call uh, XC version. And okay. it, it, it's much lighter weight. I mean, I, I would say that majority of people try, try the pro, which is the standard version. Um, I would try the pro first. And, and I think over time you'd actually, um, enjoy the feel. However, we do understand that, you know, that, that lightweight poppy feeling, um, is, you know, like he said, that's why you went to carbon wheels. So yes. an option, that's why we created this XC version is like an option that, that you could potentially um, run that in the front wheel if if weight was really uh, an issue, and um, it 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 does all the same things. It's just not. It's just you know can't do as much. It's like we use the analogy. It's like you know some people like a 120 millimeter travel bike and some people like a 150 millimeter travel bike. So it, it gives you the option to mix and match and tune to your preference. Um, and yeah. that would still work well with the heavier duty one on the rear, will it? That obviously takes those bigger hits. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we we know of a lot. You know, a lot of people do that. They'll run an XC up front and and a Pro in the rear. Now, having said that, I would you know honestly, I would recommend for aggressive enduro type riding. I would 100% recommend Pro front and rear. Okay. Oh, I think I'm sold there. <laughs> I came yeah. on the podcast to advertise, and then I've ended up just uh, deciding to spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can. I we suppose can, you're good at marketing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, we can, we can, we can sort you out there. Oh, that'd be a, that'd be cool. <laughs> we could uh, we could chat after the podcast. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> so I think um, kind of bringing it back to right back to the early days in regards to when you were going through the stages um, of inventing it. So. How was it invented? Was it a matter of kind of if you developed a prototype and that prototype was 90% there or did you have to go through tons and tons of sort of different materials and different designs before you got it right? What was that whole development process like? Yeah, it's super interesting. So like I said, Adam started as a motorcycle suspension engineer. And so the original Kush core he made for a motorcycle, for dirt bike. And okay. um, so, you know, Basically, he he sourced some foam and it came in strips and he glued it together in a hoop and tried it and he felt the difference immediately. Um, but um, we decided to launch in in the mountain bike world first for for a few reasons. Um, I mean, one reason is it's just such a bigger market, you know, and uh, two all the most uh, you know quote-unquote real mountain bikes are already tubeless right so it it, it kind of you don't have that issue where all dirt bikes are, are basically come with tubes still um so anyway uh, okay. so switched over to mountain bikes to develop the the first and um he spent like two years um uh tweaking and engineering the actual damping characteristics of the foam so the foam okay. has a compression and a rebound characteristic that that's engineered into the foam. It, it's not an off-the-shelf foam. It's like iteration and iteration to find this foam. And you know the the samples come in like uh, about 12-inch strips, and you have to glue those together in a hoop, right? But so eventually, once you found a good the shape that that wedge shape and the the correct foam, then 
then um, then you can make you know uh, a prototype uh, mold. And you know that that's another thing that's unique about our product compared to other inserts. It, it's it's not glued together. It's not zip tied together. It's um, you know it's it's made in a mold. It, it's um, and it's designed to have this. It's designed to be tight on the rim, so that radial tension, that clamping force, is is part of the design and and part of what gives Kushcore its performance. Got you. So it's better than one that's just because for those listening who've not seen it, it comes picture a tire where it's fully connected all the way around. So like it's in one bit, but other ones are in separate parts or have a hole in the middle, don't they? And then you place them in. So why is it better being sort of one whole piece of foam? Why is that better? Yeah. So that that radial tension does a few things. Like like I said, so imagine the cush core is like a wedge, and it it the uh, pushes against the tire sidewall and applies pressure to that sidewall. And then that clamping force um, or radial tension um, basically keeps the bead on, but uh, also in, uh, increases that uh, sidewall stiffness. And um, I mean, just right, okay. for, for some data, you know, the uh, core basically increases sidewall stiffness by 35%. So that's, it's, oh, well. you know, significant amount. So, you know, a lot of guys also, that's another thing regarding the front wheel is, um, you know, with Kushcore, because you have the rim protected and you have that sidewall stiffness, you can, you can run a lighter casing tire. So you can offset the weight right, um, with, with a lighter tire and a lighter tire is going to have a more compliant tread patch, which is more traction and, and more, um, you know, uh, small bump impact. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then that offsets some of the weight penalty as well. Yes. Yeah, for Got sure. You. So were there any, when you were developing the products, obviously you had to go through various different types of foam and make sure you got the right one and the right shape. Were there any sort of big issues that came up that had to be sidestepped or was it just sort of small tweaks and changes? Yeah, it's just iterations over over time. And um, I mean, I guess as, as a sidebar, an interesting thing is, is like, like like I said, you know, both Adam and I relocated here to this kind of mountain town in, in the center of Oregon, which is like uh, up in the Pacific Northwest um, part of the United States. Um, and they had uh, the like economic development um, organization here has like sort of a shark tank competition. And so okay. pre, pre-launch of Kushcore, we entered that and, and we won. And the money oh, we wow. got from – the money we got from that purchased our first production mold, and um, then we we're you know kind of off and running. Um, oh, so yeah, it's just kind of, kind of an interesting story, it was, and it was fun and, and exciting to do that. Um, yeah, so no, that's amazing. It's like a true entrepreneurial venture. Yeah, yeah. So how did you sort of? Well, first of all, a question just popped up on my phone that I need to ask: Where does the name Kushko come from? Well. Uh, you know, it, cush is like cushion, right? So you're cushioning impacts and cores because okay. it's inside the middle of the tire. And it has a nice alliteration for marketing, right? Yeah, it does. It really rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. It's easy to remember as well, I think. Sure. Yeah. 
That's cool. So, obviously, at the beginning, you weren't already a mountain bike company with a large audience sort of and a big reach. You, you very much like started Kushko from just this new invention to now something that I'd say is very well known, at least to serious mountain bikers, even if they don't know exactly what it is. They've probably heard of the brand Kushko. So, I'm asking the right person for this sort of, you know, with you being the, the marketing guy, as you like. How did yeah. you get it from being completely unknown to being very well known? So, what what was the secret? Yeah, I mean, it, it it happened quickly, but you know, it didn't happen overnight. Um, but you know, one one of the key things we did is um, with you know dealers in the United States, we'd reach out and and explain the product, and we'd we'd give a set to you know kind of an influencer within the dealership. Mm-hmm. And w- once we had somebody try it, they were sold, and then they'd tell the rest of the staff, and then they'd tell their customers, and it kind of that that's one seed that we planted, and yeah. then um, and then that continues to be the case today. And then the other thing that we did is, you know, we reached out to um, lots of pros, and you know, tried to explain the product, et cetera. And you know, it's sometimes it's hard to get in touch with them when you're when you're unknown, right? Yeah. But we, we were lucky enough that um, Jared Graves was interested. Oh, uh, okay. And we we sent him a set, and you know, his his initial reaction was kind of kind of what you described was like, oh, I think I only need it in the rear. Can you make it lighter? Can you this and that? And we're just say, just try it as is. Put it in front and rear, and then he tried it. And after you know a month or so, he's like, "Yeah, don't change a thing. It's it's this is perfect." <laughs> and then he, you know, and then he told his friends, etc. And um, you know, at the time, one of his teammates was um, Curtis Keen, and so he he tried it and was convinced. And then Richie Rude, and and so on and so on and so on. And now, yeah. you know, on on the EWS circuit and. And the um, UCI DH circuit were, you know, I would say at least half the racers are running Kushkor. Yeah, I had um, Jordy Cortez, the uh, Fox suspension tuner. Um, sure. If that's the right name. So I'm ahead of you, obviously, you know who he is. Um, I had it on the podcast recently, and one of the questions were, should all EWS and downhill racers run uh, a rim insert? And his answer is just a flat yes, like 100% absolutely. So I think that yeah. speaks for it. Um, I think what you just said there as well about you sent it to those pro riders, and there's no, like, you've not paid them 50 grand to, to try it and to advertise it for you. Like, if they didn't like it, it would have gone straight in the bin. So I think that just speaks for, for how good the product is, because if it wasn't very good, there's no way that, A, he would be running it, Jared would be running it, and he definitely wouldn't have started recommending it to Curtis and to other riders. So it kind of speaks for itself that it was a very, it wasn't that you had half a million dollars to put into advertising to get the name out there. It's been very organic, and it's the fact that the product's really good that's really got the momentum and and it's gone from there that's great yeah absolutely i mean that that's the thing is like we're 100 percent self-funded right we don't have an outside investor we're not backed by a conglomerate and Mm -hmm. you know especially at the beginning there in february of 2017 nobody heard of us and we didn't have any money to to sponsor anybody and um so we just you know we give them product and they try it and um and then you know most of the time they'd they'd want to run it and that you know like like i said with jared that was like almost right there when we launched so it was really early on and so um 
by, you know, that fall, um, you know, Loic Bruni won the DH World Champs on Cush Course. So, wow. and, and we didn't even really know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, and then, yeah, then he's, you know, he's done it three years in a row. Um, and, um, but anyway, so, but yeah, so that's the thing. And, and now, you know, we do have, um, so that first year we didn't have any official sponsors ships or relationships with with race teams um, yes par- partially due because for sure we couldn't afford to pay them but everybody already had their contracts in place by the time we launched right so cool. you know this is and um but they they started using it more and more and so then in 2018 we established a little bit more um formal relationships but we still couldn't you know pay anybody and and really even today this year we're we're in the most teams than ever, and it's too bad nobody's racing. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're most of the you know primarily we're just a product sponsor because that's all we're still a small company, right? And they cool. you know they want to use our product, and we're happy to provide it for them. And and um, you know for now that's that's how it's going, and and um, it's kind of a a perfect spot to be because for us because. Um, you know, they're, they're using it because they, they want to use it. Yeah. And I think like, well, I'm sure you obviously market that as well, but when people hear about that as well, it's much more authentic. Like often you can see, uh, I don't know, a famous footballer driving a certain car, for example, and you know that they've been given that car for free. So you're like, well, did they like it? Did they not? When you see sponsored posts on Instagram, that's a great example. You know, you'll see someone like advertise a supplement and you're always thinking like, are they using that because they want to or because they're being paid to? Whereas like they're not being paid to, they're purely using it because they believe in the products. I think that's like, you can't get a better endorsement than that. Yeah. So, um, I suppose one thing as well, were when when you sent Cushco to a lot of these racers, were they already running another tire insert or were they just purely tubeless with nothing in the rim? Yeah, most most would be uh none, right? And right. uh you know, some had had tried, I would say like some had tried there's the Procore, right? Which is a, a pneumatic system from Schwalbe, um which has yeah. a lot of drawbacks, but um um, so some, uh, a few had tried that and a few had tried, I, I, I'd say Huck Norris, but I, I would say overwhelming majority, they hadn't tried anything, right? Right. Um, okay. I suppose from your point of view, that probably made it easier. I mean, first of all, it's not, the products had to be amazing. Otherwise they wouldn't have used it, but it's quite useful for you because you're not producing a new tire, for example. If they have a contract with Maxis, there's no way they can try your tire. Like it's an all new product that they can use as well as all of the other sponsored products that they're using. Right. Exactly. And yeah. And, and so far there's been no, no conflict or anything like that. Um, yes. Certainly I, I, I don't know about you know there you know if it's a for a Vittoria sponsored athlete I don't know what they, what they would do um, you know <laughs> I would yeah. guess some of them are running Kushkor secretly. <laughs> that would be a great advert. <laughs> um, so how when to obviously go from this idea that the three of you had and to grow from there? But how did it feel when he first went from the, the insert that you'd just been trialing out and running in the mountains and perfecting to somebody like Jared Grade loving it, and then like I said, Loic Bruni like winning on Kushko? Like how did that feel as it's gone from that to? being well known and being ridden by the first riders it must have felt a little bit surreal 
Oh yeah, I mean it's amazing, right? Like w- w- just to have like the best mountain bike athletes on the planet using your product is just I mean it's just it's surreal a bit, right? And especially for how small and how how you know how small we started, um it's it's really cool. And um but I mean that that's been the goal since day 1. I I always said, you know, we the 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 path is taking this you know, DIY company into a world-class company and, and we're on that path. And I mean, we're, we're basically, you know, there, we're, we continue to improve and, and, you know, you know, there's a, there's a word that, uh, yeah, it's, let's say it's a little bit cheesy, but, but it, it comes from Japanese manufacturing. It's called Kaizen. Kaizen. And, yeah. 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 So we, we really use that principle in, in both companies. I mean, and all the staff just kind of has that, um, that that um spirit and you know that just that word just kind of describes the spirit of of all of our staff and and that that's our that's our path is like to continue to improve and and continue to grow and so back to your question i mean that like having athletes adopt it is like it's like validation of the concept for one and two. It's like a really flattering and, and then it's just very exciting too. And then, then, you know, following the racing, we have guys to cheer for, which makes that more fun and <laughs> et cetera. So yeah, it's just, you know, like, like, like for me and personally, you know, I, like I mentioned, I work, work for Honda, which is a great mm-hmm. company, but it's a, you know, Japanese global corporation, right? Yeah. And one of the reasons I I left is I I wanted to get involved with something small that I could have a big influence on and and help grow. And man, did did I luck out when I I ran into Adam (laughs) because I, you know, it it aligned with both of my passions, which is, you know, on the motorcycle side and the mountain bike side. And then now here we go, we're like, all the effort in is like, paying off and and it's it's been a super ride, fun ride so far and and um you know we're definitely looking forward to what's next as well so on that note what what is next so uh, where do you see kushko going kind of in the near term say the next 12 months but also the next five years and 10 years like i'm, I'm sure there's some things that you can't talk about but where do you see it coming and are there any products in the pipeline that you can talk about yeah i mean i could so one thing that we did is, um, you know, we recently launched a, a, a tire lever we call the bead dropper. Um, yeah. It's a really stout tire lever that has a real nice, comfortable um, rubberized handle. And, you know, people that struggle with the installation, they, they miss the one step or they don't understand the one step of needing to push the bead yeah. down into the rim channel to yeah. allow slack to make that tight section on to, to insert that last tight section. And so this bead dropper just really helps with that. And we're working on other tools that will help um, with installation. Um, now, having said that, you don't need special tools to do it. I, you know, there's lots of guys that just do it by hand, depending on the yeah. tire and rim combo. But, um, but you know, so that that's in the pipeline. And I don't want to describe more about that tool yet um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the near future and then um you know going down the road there there's some ideas um and i i can't speak to the engineering but to you know um improve or or uh 
improve the way Cushcore does what it does in in different um, and in, engineered way. Um, so, okay. like the radial tension, etc. Uh, like, like for example, one of the, one of the things that um, uh, makes Cushcore a little bit difficult to install for some people is that it is tight to the rim, right? So, if there's a yeah. way that we could, for example, have that radial tension but still have it, you know, easier to install, like that. Yeah. That's an engineering problem that we're working on. And then, okay. um, I mean, then, you know, we are still working on, um, Kushkor for, for dirt bikes as well. Um, but the time frame on that, you know, it's, it, it's <laughs> hard to predict, but, um, but we're, that's certainly something that, that will come and we're working on. Of course. Got you. I think that that kind of brings us nicely on to installing it because I'd sort of read loads. I don't do much of my own work on my bike at all. Like when it comes to anything mechanical, I'm horrendous. So like for the vast majority of work on my bike, it goes to the bike shop. Um, but I was thinking with Kushka, I was like, right, I'll give it a go myself. I watched all of your videos and read about for read on forums and things like that. And I was, I went into it thinking this is going to be impossible. Like I'm really going to struggle with this, but I'll give it a go if needs be. I'll take it to the bike shop. Uh, so I watched the exact, like the actual official Kushka video of how to do it. And to be honest, I think because I'd gone in expecting it to be so difficult, I was pleasantly surprised. Like it wasn't as difficult as I was expecting, particularly when you really focus on nailing each specific step. So, like, for example, pulling the uh, foam insert onto the rim, I found that really easy. Like, that was just, like, a five-second job, and it was straight on, so I didn't have any issues with that personally. Uh, and then after that, it was just mastering using the wheelie bin, like you talked about, and then just mastering really pushing the bead as far down to the opposite side as you can. And then right. it went on like it was fine. Um, and I actually, it was the first time setting up a tyre tubeless from scratch as well, so... I ended up not doing the rim tape properly and had to take the whole thing off again because it wasn't seated. <laughs> well, yeah. it's seated fine, but then you heard that lovely tss. Yeah, yeah. So I had to take it all off again, and then I forget the exact time frame, but the first time it might have taken, I don't know, 40 minutes, something like that. The second time, like, it was a quick 20-minute job. Like, it wasn't that difficult. The, the hardest bit, I think, is getting the the last part of the tyre over the rim. But bear in mind, these are, like, brand-new Michelin tyres going on Envy rims, which, and sure. obviously, there's no flex in them. It's just a rock-hard carbon rim. So I think for anybody listening who wants to try it, I would put, I'm, and this is coming from somebody who's a complete moron with anything mechanical on the bike, it really isn't as difficult, I think, as it gets made out to be, in my opinion. And if that's coming from me, it really can't be can't be that difficult. <laughs> yeah, that that that's good to hear. I mean, I I would say, admittedly, there's some tire and wheel combos that are are more difficult than others. And and envy okay. is like, and envy is one of the hardest. So I, I I'm impressed. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, even having said that, if you follow the technique especially that technique of dropping the bead um, yeah that that's kind of key and maybe I'll describe that a little bit again so you know you, we we like to put the cush core over the rim first and um, and then we put the tire over that loose both beads loose and then you just start um, basically with your hands start tucking the bead in underneath the cush core you, you, you kind of push the cush core out of the way and then it'll grab the bead and hold it in place. You, you work your way around the rim until, of course, you get to the w- one side. It's going to have a really tight bead. The, the last section, last six, eight inches, will be really tight. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who don't understand the technique want to reach for a giant tire lever and use brute force to snap that in, but That's you'll just stretch, you'll stretch the bead and, and, um, you'll ruin your new tire. So yeah. what you do is you go back to the opposite side and you, you use a tire lever to push that bead down underneath the cush core and then into the rim center or the rim channel. And that will give you more slack on that tight side to take a bite or two. And you, you know, for like on an MV rim with a downhill tire, you have to do that several times yeah. and you just kind of be patient and, and keep working it like that. And, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the key technique. And we have videos that, that describe that there's, like you said, there's our like quote unquote official like produced um, video, and then and then one of our staff made more like uh, casual video that um, he you know it's in real time. He he shows you how to do it in real time, and and um, so it's not edited or anything. And um, yeah. that one I think is actually um, uh, almost better because it, it's you know it's a real world thing instead of like. Of course, you can see the little nuances, can't you? Almost. Yeah, yeah, and he and he he stops and explains like those key key stages or techniques. Cool. But I, so I, I know, did pretty much. Go on, carry on, and then I'll say mine. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, and then I just noticed like this week, I, I saw that like on our Instagram, there's a couple shops have uh, done little IGTVs. Uh, Cushcore uh, challenge and the, and they show how they do it and they're doing it really fast and I mean I think anyway you could you could you know search for that and um, that's a great idea yeah it's kind of fun to see those guys do that and uh, I don't know maybe that'll turn into a little little thing but <laughs> I was like for me I was fully happy the fact that I managed to do it myself so I definitely don't think I'll be winning any uh, speed competitions. <laughs> Uh, I did literally everything that you'd said, including trying to use a really like strong tire lever. I ended up snapping my tire lever and kind of getting it jammed in there and having to fish it out. And then after that, I kind of went back through the video and I just made sure that I did every step really well. So for me, as you've obviously just said there, the big secret is pushing for me was pushing that um, bead right into the middle. And I think as well, even like the specific technique you have where you use two hands like, and you kind of move Kushkor out of the way and tuck the tire in underneath like for anybody yeah. listening who wants to get it right i would say just watch the video and then do it exactly as you show it because when you really do master each bit like after i'd snapped the tire lever we went back and we just like pushed the tire as far into the rim as it would go under the cush core and when we yeah. did that it was much easier and in the end i think i actually ended up getting the tire over by hand just kind of brute force to pop that last little bit over but the yeah. video spot on like the, the te- if, if i didn't have the video i'd still be there now trying <laughs> yeah, but if that, you do that, follow the video step by step, it, it's fine. Yeah, that that like what you're describing, we call it the roll and tuck technique. So if you're That's watching it. the video or, or looking at instructions, of roll and tuck, and then dropping the bead, those two things are like kind of the main techniques. Yes, I can see as well why your new um, what's the tire lever called? Sorry that you've brought out. Oh, bead dropper. Bead dropper, that's it. I can see why the bead dropper as well would be really useful because when you're using a tire lever, you don't have anything. Your hand kind of slips down it, doesn't it, as you're jamming it in and you're also thinking, am I going to damage anything? So having one with that thicker handle at the top like yours, I, I can see why that will be definitely be useful. I might buy one of those to, to fit that front one. <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, and it's just more comfortable like on your palm, right? Like pushing down on a uh, typical tire lever, it, it's not comfortable yeah. on, on your palm when you're pushing 
pushing straight down on it. Yeah, true. You end up with big red marks on your hands, don't you? That's right. <laughs> so is there anybody that shouldn't use Cush Course? Or are there any examples of riders where you say, actually, you know what, maybe it's not for you? Or do you literally think that whether it's your lightweight one or the pro Cush Core, it, 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 it's suitable for everybody? I mean, our, our opinion is anybody can uh, feel the benefits and everybody should be using it. I mean, if... For example, you know, there's there's a lot of riders out there that are are maybe super lightweight and their terrain is pretty smooth. Um, they're still going to feel the benefits of that the cornering improvement and that like you know kind of chatter, right? Any you mm-hmm. know even the smoothest of of bike trails are going to have some chatter and and I mean so we believe you know um, that. It, Anybody and everybody is going to feel a benefit from it. And it, it just, again, it's not just about rim protection or, or flats. It, it's a, it, it improves the ride quality. And we, you know, it's, it's, uh, everybody wants a better ride, right? That's why, like, most, most bikes have, um, you know, suspension these days. And, you know, at minimum, we have a front fork, right? So, uh, or a suspension fork. 100%. I agree with everything you just said there. I totally agree. Um, one um, one thing that comes up quite commonly when you're reading about Kushko is that it's more expensive than its competitors and it's an expensive product. My argument for that is that if you're spending a few thousand pounds or a few thousand dollars on a mountain bike in relation to the bike, it's not that much more expensive. Like you're spending on everything else. So to me, I'll invest you know whatever it takes really into the bike because it's my hobby and it's something that i'm obsessed with and i for me if it's a good product i don't have an issue spending the money on it but some people money might be tighter or some people you know really contemplate what they're going to buy or what they're not going to buy so when you hear from people it's an expensive product like is it really worth it what would your your response be to those people well of course it's worth it but but i i mean here here's (laughs) here's the the sort of logic is you know um you can reuse Kushcore over and over again, right? So you're going to go through several tires before you'd even have to think about replacing the Kushcore. So, you know, compared to, let's say, tires, it's cheap, right? Um, That, you know, wear out before Kushcore. So and then the benefits of, you know, no flats and no rim damage, Mm -hmm. it's that, like, insurance aspect of it is, you know, that's, what's that worth, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and there's there's a lot of R and D and a lot of cost that goes into the the molds are expensive and et cetera. So, um, you know, we we definitely think it's worth it and you and the but the value is there. Yeah, that's so true actually. And even if um a lot of what you said about protecting your components, that's a great point. Like with my carbon rim, Envy's got a lifetime replacement, so it got replaced. I, there was no cost to that, but I did have to be off my bike for about a week to ten days while it got sent back, and I still had to ship it to them. And you know that was shipping a large object, and I had to insure it as well for the value of the wheel. So I think that right. probably cost about sixty percent of the cost of Kushko or something like that. So if I'd had the Kushko in the first place, I wouldn't have had. To, had to ship it back and and get it replaced like obviously i'm a customer so i'm completely sold but i know there will be people listening who are hesitant i think if yeah. we've got this far into the interview most people listening at this point are going to be going hmm, yeah i'll give it a go we'll give it a try what's there to lose <laughs> yeah yeah i no, think I mean, it'd be great 
Go yeah, on. it makes it makes sense. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> a good mountain bike is not cheap, and it, you know, a good handlebar is not cheap, etc. Yeah, exactly. Like, good tires aren't cheap. It's just that's that's the nature of of products. Yeah, the nature of mountain biking. We've all signed up to a, a sport that lightens our wallet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I always joke with people. I like I, I, what I do. I don't spend money on clothes, for example. I'm not into designer flashy clothes or any of that. So like, I'll, I'll go to the shop with my girlfriend, and I, I we've been together for about three years, and I don't think I've gone shopping once. And it got to the point where I had like holes in my t-shirt. She was like, "Right, you have to buy some new clothes," and I was like, "30 pounds for some jeans? You're joking!" And literally, like that weekend, I'd quite I happily buy some carbon handlebars and not blink. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Priorities. Mountain, that's it. I think it was mountain bikers have no issue spending money on on our bikes. But I know for, from my point of view, for sort of my audience listening, I can definitely endorse Kushgore. It's part of the reason I want to just come on the podcast. But I use it, and I'll definitely be using it on future bikes. Uh, there's one question that I've not asked yet, and then I'll let you finish with any final words or comments you'd like to make. Um, but for people in general listening who would want to get sponsored by Kushcore, um, what do they need to offer you to get sponsored by Kushcore, and how do they go about looking at all that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, the main thing is you, you can just reach out to us on um, info at kushcore.com. So I N F O at kushcore.com. Send like a race resume, or if you're not a racer, you know, kind of explain who you are and what you do. And, and really, um, you know, like I described earlier, we, we look for people who can, can sort of spread the word, right? And, um, so whether that's through your Instagram or, or if you're like, uh, influential in your shop or et cetera, um, I mean, that, that's the thing is just if you understand the product and, and you believe in it and you, and you, and you spread the word, um, you know, that, that's the beauty of social media for, for this kind of stuff is that, um, it's really easy to, express your opinion right so if you're you know a hardcore mountain bike rider you probably have lots of friends that are hardcore mountain bike riders too and if you talk about the product and why you like it um i mean that's that's basically all we could ask for that's awesome and that's a great answer i totally agree and i think on that point for anybody listening i'll i'll sometimes get uh, emails from people asking me to sponsor them and there's not really anything I can do to sponsor people because my products don't really fit with it but it's quite interesting just seeing the emails because the best sort of thing you can offer a company like yours Kushcore and other companies in general is just something in return so like you just hit the nail on the head like if you email asking for a free set of Kushcore you'd be totally right in saying no but if you can email and say I've got a thousand Instagram followers and I also ride, lead a group ride where 50 riders come and I'll tell them all about it then you're sort of selling yourself and you're selling you on sending them a cush score and i think it's interesting how many people don't offer anything in return if you know what i mean i think if you <laughs> yeah. offer something you're oh yeah and many others We're, will be very willing it's 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 pretty comical with some of the requests we get <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> yeah. will you send me product just just because <laughs> yeah, pretty much pretty much <laughs> So, what would your kind of kind of kind of final words be that you'd like to end the podcast with? So, for everybody listening, what would you like to finish off by saying, and then I'll let everybody know where they can uh, find out about Kushko. Yeah, uh, I guess you know that that's the thing. Just just to reiterate that it, you know, while it does protect your rims and and prevent flats, it, it, it's 
it was designed to improve the ride quality and, um, you know, give it a, give it a shot. We, you know, our, our, our current slogan sort of tries to describe that. So our, our slogan is, um, you know, go bigger, corner harder, ride faster, total confidence. And, and what we mean by that is like, w- once you have Cushcore installed, you'll find that you'll have more control because you're absorbing those impacts. You're getting less fatigue. And so you can, you know, ride through terrain with more control gives you more speed, more speed. It's, it's more fun. And yeah. you know, that, that confidence that you get with Kushkor that you're not going to, uh, that you have that control and, and protection is, um, you know, total confidence. Yeah, I fully agree. I like it. And I think if people are listening to this and they're still not sold on trying Kushko, then we're never going to persuade them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where should people go to A, to buy Kushko and B, to follow Kushko like on social media? Where do you want to tell people where to go to? Yeah, our our Instagram and Facebook is both Kushko, one word, C-U-S-H-C-O-R-E. And um, then our website is also Kushko.com. And, um, we do sell direct to most countries. Um, some some countries we we can't because based on our distributor re, uh, agreement that that you have to you know buy it from your local shop. But I mean we're in you know we have global distribution. So if you can't buy it from your local shop, they certainly can order it from um, a distributor in your country. Um, and but yeah, and you can also buy it direct from us. Um, we do like, it's free shipping direct from us in the United States and then we have discounted shipping, international shipping. So we, we subsidize that as much as we can. There's still some charge, but it's, you know, it's, I think right now it's like, uh, under 20 US dollars to ship it to the UK, for example, which is, you know, really it costs more like 50, 70 dollars. Oh wow. So anyway, that's just something to think about. But um, yeah. of course, of course, there's the shipping time. So you know, UK and Europe, it's probably best to just try to get, find out your local shop and um, yeah, give it a go. That's perfect. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dan. I really, really appreciate it. And hopefully from this podcast, we'll get lots more people trying Kushko. If you do listen to the podcast and you try it, uh, drop them an email at info at kushko.com and let them know that you've listened to this podcast. I don't, I don't have an agreement with Kushko. I'm not getting anything in return. It's just cool to, for podcast guests to know that it's been worth the time. Uh, so yeah. thank you so much, Dan. And thank you for everybody listening. And, uh, we'll see you all next time for another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast. <laughs>